and welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. And Josh, what do we do on this podcast? We talk about uh, young adult. We talk about books that end in a at the big party. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much every time. Pretty much every book ends at the big party. And what book ended at the big party this time? This is uh, Sweet Valley High Super Edition Special Christmas. Yeah, it is special. Is it? Is it called Special Christmas or Christmas Special? Special, special Christmas. Christmas. That's a terrible title. <laughs> <laughs> it's the you, second book in the special. Do you think Christmas Special is a better title? Well, thing, things have Christmas specials, like, you know, your favorite TV show has a Christmas uh, okay. special. It, I was, it I was emphasizing like, it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could have been, okay, I think a better title might have been Sweet Valley High Super Edition Christmas Miracle. Right, when we get to the end, but miracles. That, that 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 gets too much of a too much away. Oh, I guess they it's get, true. Yeah, yeah, get into real hallmarky territory. It, like, it should have uh, been called Sweet Valley High Super Edition Secret Santa. Oh yeah, that's true. That that would have been a better title. You should you should have been the ghostwriter for this instead of Kate William. Yeah, I agree. So are you telling me that Francine Pascal didn't write this one? No, she didn't. Oh, yeah. even though it, it says Francine Pascal Sweet Valley High. Super edition. Well, I've seen a lot of books. On the cover. I've seen many, many books that say James Patterson on them. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. wrote every, every, he's got <laughs> right. one out right now. He's, he's got a new one out about John Lennon. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Is, does he like solve murders in it? No, I think sometimes like before, John and Yoko pair up. He, he has already solved the uh, Jack the Ripper case and mm-hmm. I believe did some work on Cleopatra. So, oh, Patterson did? Like, in nonfiction. Nonfiction. Oh, no, it was King Tut. I'm sorry, not Cleopatra. We're not talking like Alex Cross did this stuff. We're talking James, James Patterson. JP himself, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Probably with his investigative team of Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Okay, so the John... I'm I'm stuck on this John Lennon book for a second. So it's, Ooh, it's a nonfiction biography? I knew nothing about it other than I okay. saw a picture of it. But yeah, it's nonfiction. Okay. I don't know if he's investigating. Maybe he's investigating uh, his murder. Maybe he's trying to prove that uh, mm. James that uh, Mark David Chapman was innocent. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was. I was the trying to say state. Jared Leto was innocent. Yeah, oh. it was Jared Leto. Wait, what movie was Jared Leto in when he played Twenty Three? No one remembers. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay, well, let's talk about no. the teen stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Jared Leto is for teens. That's true. I mean, have you ever seen My So Called Life? By the way, I have both uh, my so-called life um, book adaptations. So if anyone's wanting to read those for... Never never got past the second episode. Don't like it. Don't care for it. Pass. Maybe the books are better, Josh. There's yeah. no chance yeah, TV, the books are better. TV novelization. Or not even... Okay. You need to get to the good episodes. I did, also, no, my, no my mom interest, and I... No interest. <laughs> my mom and I used to watch My So-Called Life together when I was like in sixth grade. And then when I was a senior in high school, I think Freaks and Geeks was on. And we would watch that together, too. So I have two teen shows that I used to watch with my mom. Are that, there Freaks and Geeks books? Because... Probably <laughs> that, not. That I would read. Uh, <laughs> Josh would the, read those. There's probably a lot of fan fiction online at this point. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, I don't want to watch My So-Called Life, and I'm a guy who watched The Kissing Booth and The Kissing Booth 2. So oh my standards for teen fare are low. <laughs> Which, okay, the running time on those is probably seven hours combined, right? So you can get through half of the season of My So-Called Life. But I don't. Uh, I don't. I choose not to. You're missing out, buddy. Is that musical prom 
a high school prom or is it like I just know James Corden's in it. I know James Corden's in it and there's a lot of controversy about it because he's playing a uh, gay man and he's straight. Um, James Corden's straight? Yes. I didn't know that. Anyway. 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 anyway, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So here we go. Um, So I uh, decided I wanted to know more about this Kate William person who actually wrote the book. And you see that when you open to the title page. It's not on the front cover at all. And this was written by, it's a ghostwriter. Her real name is Amy Boeski. And she came out as, so she was writing under a pseudonym as a ghostwriter for these books. Um, (laughs) What a mess. (laughs) And she came out um, as the ghostwriter for these books in an article that she wrote for the Kenyan Review. She wrote more than 50 books for the Sweet Valley High series while she was working on her master's. So she was in her early 20s. She was studying 17th century British literature at Oxford, and she continued to write. Write this trash. She continued to write the Sweet Valley High books as she worked on her PhD at Harvard. Um, She had met Francine Pascal at a dinner party about a year after the series launched. She had never heard of the series before. And because she was interested in writing and trying to get her own children's books published, a friend suggested she try to write for Sweet Valley High. So she wrote one chapter and a chapter outline, and I guess it was great because she was hired. And so while she was writing these, um, she was writing her dissertation on utopias of the 17th century and found similarities between the world of Sweet Valley and the utopias of the 17th century, mainly as in Sweet Valley was very 1980s Reagan-era suburban utopia. So... Before starting each book, she received a plot outline from Pascal that was eight to nine pages long, and she would come up with her own subplots, mainly involving Jessica, who was her favorite. <laughs> um, her first book that she wrote for the Sweet Valley High series. Favorite, everyone's favorite. Is she the bad one? I have to. I she's, need to remind. She's the baddie. Oh, okay. oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, her first book for the Sweet Valley High series was book number sixteen, called Rags to Riches, in which Jessica falls in love. Well, meets the poorest boy at sweet valley then discovers he's rich and then wants him to date her so what i think that's basically the plot that's like that a prince book. and the pauper thing he is he pretending to be poor to I, i've never read it research so I, a role i couldn't okay. tell you but i mean she did study uh literature so maybe she was playing off of uh, prince and the pauper um okay. <laughs> she currently teaches teaches early modern literature and creative nonfiction at boston college um, and she said after she came out as a ghostwriter for Sweet Valley High that she's been getting these wonderful letters from readers who are women now, who are lawyers and doctors who grew up reading these books sort of under the covers with their flashlights. And their parents wanted them to read Jane Eyre or something more serious. I think many of us have a kind of guilty pleasure about some of this lighter cultural material. And I think that there's room for both. Everybody's parents were... Just like, read Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. My parents wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. And her real name. Did I say her real name? I said her pseudonym. Are you doctor? I don't know if I said. Well, I think you said I it. mean, it's out there. Her name is Amy Boeski. I don't know if I'm. Or Boeski. I don't know if oh, I'm pronouncing it right. You did say right. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Did you say the pseudonym? It was Kate William. William. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not Williams. Okay. Not Williams. That's how you can tell it's made up. Mm-hmm. Because there's no S at the end. Yeah. Okay. It's just like a first name. All right. Got you. Josh? Do you have some thoughts? About that? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, you just look like you're contemplating something. I was but... chewing. I was chewing my cookie. Did we have drinks or themed cookies? The cookie's gone. Hmm. My, my How theme... do we... No, you want to go? Oh, I, no, I don't have anything. What's Mm-mm. your... 
Mine is a uh, uh, hot chocolate from Casey's General Store down the street. <laughs> and then I splurged on a sugar cookie, which I've already eaten. Mm-hmm. And, and before that, I ate a gummy, which is probably why I then decided I wanted to walk down the street. Oh. And and get a hot chocolate, hot chocolate in a cookie. How do we not just have two of something? Like a twin theme should be so easy. By the way, I can't believe it's been almost a year since I did twins. Can we talk about that? Because that was recorded. It feels like five years ago. It feels like five years ago. I believe it was recorded before or right on Josh's birthday. And we went to, my God, guys, this is a different life. We went to Maria's. We drank a couple of... uh, Pictures um, of margaritas, probably. I was going to say pictures, but yeah, a couple of margaritas, which are very strong at Maria's. Um, I, I came wanna, back here. I want to point drink. out that I, on my way home tonight, I walked by Maria's Saturday night, mm-hmm. seven o'clock. There were six people in there. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, guys, for those not in the know, Maria's is, is out the door. Some so. restaurants are absolutely bumping, though. I mean, Red Lobster, always yeah. bumping. Yeah, Red Lobster is <laughs> Packed past like the the fire code capacity. Uh, I guess people maybe are afraid downtown might be more COVID amok because of all the college kids. I don't know. I have no idea. No, no, I, I I think it's rich people on the south side. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, don't it. think they have to wear masks and want right. to slop at Red Lobster. Okay, that too. So, yeah, but I just remember going to Maria's, having some good margs, uh, eating some good food, coming back here. We recorded two episodes that night. It was Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley. Oh, my God. And we were here to like, what, two in the morning? Good grief. We were tired. What were we doing? Why? It was when we used to, well, it was when we could record in person and when we record two episodes at once. We could get so much done when Mm -hmm. we didn't have this Skype bullshit. Yeah. Those were good days. I can't believe that was just, that was less, that was the same year. It's insane. Anyway, I think it was like our most downloaded one ever. Oh, most yes, popular. So let's, let's, let's pump some listens into this. Let's Here we go. Break our record. <laughs> That's what we're going for. So, um, put Batman this... Forever in the Babysitters Club presents Sweet Valley High presents Batman Forever. <laughs> people people will accidentally click. Presents Joe Rogan. Yeah, put yeah. Joe. Your... <laughs> I'm gonna get sued. All right, so <laughs> I guess we should just uh, dive right in there. I don't think I have yeah, anything else to say. Right. In. So here we go. We start on the uh, day before Sweet Valley's High's Christmas vacation. I have a lot of thoughts about their Secret Santa program. I have a lot of thoughts about their winter party and a lot of thoughts about the winter dance, which is a school-sponsored dance that is being held at Bruce Patman's house is, at his mansion. That's what, so that, that's what I wondered. Is it's, it officially school sponsored? Because at first I thought it was, and then I thought it wasn't. And but Mr. Collins is there, like as a chaperone, and he's emceeing the why, event, kind of. Why, why are they at the? Why are they doing something after the school is over? You know what I mean? Why is there a yeah. school event? And I feel like it's on Christmas Eve, right? Probably because of the way the story breaks down. But I feel like it's on Christmas Eve. It's a school-sponsored event that is being held off of school campus at the richest kid in town's house. With of all, yeah, I was going to say all pre-drink, but I guess kids do that anyway for uh, school dances. No, that's totally true. <laughs> so, yeah, Although their I don't, parents seem fine with it in this book. 
yeah, that was really weird to me. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But uh, just a lot of thoughts about the privilege run amok in this 80s utopia. Uh, I, I don't know if, if uh, Kate William ever went to an American school. I'm guessing she did. But I just it reminds me of Say by the Bell where they had all these school sponsored events at the max for some reason. Right. It's just that never happens. That never happens. So anyway, so it's about um, first day before Sweet Valley's Christmas vacation. Everyone's getting excited because, number one, it's day before vacation. And two, they have a little winter party before the end of the semester where everyone gets together and they are assigned a secret Santa. And Liz is assisting and handing out the secret Santas. Because um, she is uh, a teacher's pet for every teacher in the entire school. <laughs> she is. She's basically vice principal uh, junior. <laughs> um, she, uh, her sister, Jessica, the bad one, twin sister, by the way, identical twin. I don't know if they I mentioned look, that. We, I should play the little clip from the uh, uh, audio cassette book where the weird guy is like, they look I- identical in every way, but refuse to dress alike. That's right. I There's, mean, although, it's creepy with it. However, in, at the beginning of this book, they are dressed alike. And not only are they dressed alike, they're dressed in outfits that they wore as children. Well, recreations, right? right? Of outfits they wore as children because they're going to go get their picture taken uh, for their parents' Christmas present by a professional photographer. Anyway, so they are dressed alike, even though Jessica's style runs more trendy and Elizabeth is more classic. Jessica's more risque. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth more buttoned down. They're, mm-hmm. they're popping out when Jessica's dressing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jessica has a crush on Hans, the German foreign exchange student. So and her, she... her bit is that she never actually has a boyfriend, right? She's always just like after a guy. I think book. she dates a college guy eventually. I think she, she dates probably, Bruce Patman probably at some point. She, she probably dates a, a, a boss at a, a... Oh, never mind. She wouldn't be working anywhere. No, there's no way that any of these these Wakefield kids don't have to work. No. Yeah. No way. They just scheme. That Later on, they have the, the job of being landlord. You know that <laughs> You know that job where you work? Yeah. You just collect <laughs> passive income on your... No, it's a hard job where you work a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I really, anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. I hate the term passive income because it just pisses me off because it's always rich, privileged people who use that term. They're always Do just they, like, but they're, uh, they're always like, oh, you know, I own some properties. It's just good passive income. Fuck off. Well, tell them that passive income is immoral and uh, also tell them that rich people don't go to heaven. I and mean, tell them to that's read, what I've heard. Josh, read their Bible. Back that up, right? Uh, the rich young ruler was in hell. Begging for a drop of water from heaven. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Mm-hmm. So um, Jessica really wants Hans for her secret Santa, but she gets Bruce Patman. And not to be given any spoilers, but Hans gets Lila Fowler, who is Jessica's frenemy. So not uh, to give any spoilers, but here's what happens. <laughs> well, it says it in that chapter, but Jessica doesn't know this. Oh, so. I, I see. Yeah, I gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, we find out that Jessica and Lila are competing over the Miss Christmas Time crown. They are it's it's a local competition that 
the finest crop of Sweet Valley girls compete for, I guess, to be <laughs> Miss Christmas the time. other one, wasn't there? Or some kind of... There's always a dance with like a queen title or something. Okay. I swear there's a dance for every occasion. <laughs> Most bodacious blonde and they get... President's Day medal. dances. Uh, Arbor Day dances. That's my favorite. At one point, Good they grief. have a jungle themed prom. Um, Ooh, there's, Ooh, that probably <laughs> aged really well, I bet. <laughs> um, I believe it became like a save the planet kind of prom, but I can't okay. really remember. Um, so after all the excitement of planning for Christmas at school, they get home and their brother, Stephen, is already back from Sweet Valley University for, <laughs> for winter break. <laughs> And he it's tells in the them, Ivy League. It's in the Ivy League. <laughs> yeah, it's it's lesser known. It's up there with Stanford. They, I, I guarantee you, there's much more skulls type uh, uh, fraternity stuff going on at Sweet Valley it, than it in gets Yale. Dark, <laughs> yeah. very dark. I mean, I think there are Sweet Valley University books, and we can dive into that say, world. I was going to say, did they ever mo- mature onto that? I mean, after they went to it's 500 a, Christmas yeah, dances, yes, no eventually brainer. they did. Sweet, um, Sweet Valley High vacation trip to FC or Sweet Valley High <laughs> University vacation to Lolita field Island trip to uh, Epstein Island. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah. So when Can they I get, get home, another take on that. Yeah, try it again. Try it again. Je- no, Jessica is kidnapped by by Jeffrey. Oh God! In the show, I don't know if we we were watching some of the show, some of the later ones. Mm-hmm. There's like, I don't know if these were in the books, but there was like some dark kidnapping plotline stuff yeah eventually they, they gotta get that i mean these well these i know that are a little bit darker than like and it's like some of the other definitely like, like a sex criminal who's doing it oh yeah well i got i do have a book called uh kidnapped by the cult so we can <laughs> read that sounds good yeah i think that's this is just gonna become a sweet valley high podcast at some point so they go from school. Steven's there waiting for them. And he tells them, guys, I've got the worst news. You'll never guess. The abominable snowman is coming to spend Christmas vacation with us. And by that, he means Suzanne Devlin. Well, who is the, the, Suzanne Devlin? Oh, uh, he should say abominable snow person. Well, this was before that. I was this, was say, be- the, this was before the, we gendered people. The, the abominable abominable snow. Whatever. Okay. Snowman. Josh. Th- <laughs> I can't get it out. This ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> well, Suzanne Devlin, just to catch you guys up, made her first appearance in Sweet Valley High number 11 called Too Good to Be True. So that was Su- an actual book. It, it was like, an actual okay. book. Yes. And so this part is canon. She and um, Ned Wakefield, who is the Wakefield patriarch, is best friends with her father from college. And for some reason, the father of Suzanne Devlin suggests a daughter swap for spring break. Oh. This is weird to me. Like no. what parent is like, hey, let's have a daughter swap. I've Unless seen, that well, parent is Jeffrey Epstein. Now, Josh, Am and, I right? Josh and I have seen some websites <laughs> where this is not an uncommon trope, but it not, not in young adult fiction. I mean, inspired by... Yeah. Francine, so, Francine Pascal herself. <laughs> so uh, Jessica ends up going to NYC and staying in Suzanne Devlin's lush Park Avenue apartment while Suzanne comes to stay at Sweet Valley. And while she's there, she seems perfect, but really she's dissing on Sweet Valley. She's mean to the boys. <laughs> the worst thing you can do is don't, she uh, don't shit on Sweet Valley. Steals Elizabeth's trademark 
necklace with her initial on it and lies about <laughs> Only it. Only I can have an... Oh, wait. She takes her actual necklace? Yes. And lies about it. And worst of all, she accuses Mr. Collins, the beloved English teacher at Sweet Valley, who for some reason she meets on a spring break picnic. Why is she there? It's and, a school event and, again. I mean, they probably switched classes. Like you, I guess. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. But it's spring break. They do say Mr. Collins in this book looks like a, quote, movie star. They do. They do. I'm ex- I'm thinking George Clooney, I'm right? I'm thinking like Ellen a- Thicke. <laughs> Okay, okay, we'll take Alan Thicke, too, just based on the era. Just just high school girls lusting over Alan Thicke. So she she convinces Elizabeth to let her take over Elizabeth's babysitting duties for Mr. Collins' child. And she comes back to the Wakefield home with her hair in a mess and her clothes a little torn. And she accuses this beloved English teacher of forcing himself upon her or seducing her. They use the term seduce a lot. Mm. So once again, we have a fake rape claim. Thanks a lot, Sweet Valley. This is the second time this has come up. Yeah, they like this one. They like it. It's a good trope, I guess. Everything is settled after a while. I believe that Winston Egbert is the hero of this scenario because he spills <laughs> his punch on uh, Suzanne. Like, Egbert. Was he guess. the hero in one of the other ones? I don't know. Was he the hero in the first one? I, I thought I, we decided he was a weird incel because he yeah, was I, mean. Was, was that yeah. the same guy? Okay, I thought maybe mm-hmm. that was a kid named Nelson or something. If your name is Egbert, you're you're an incel. <laughs> Winston Egbert. That's yeah, even it, worse. It's over okay. for you, dude. So, so uh, he spills his punch on Suzanne Devlin's white dress at a spring dance, and that's when she reveals her true side after she screams and curses and yells at him. And everyone realizes, oh, she's a horrible person. And she probably fake accused our teacher of rape. I, I don't yeah, know okay, how so, that came So that out, does but... not add up at all to me, if that's how that book ends. Mm. Uh, anyway. But let me tell you something. I'd be pretty pissed if someone's spilled their drink all over my white dress, too. Like, <laughs> a bad side of me would come out as well. That's really not fair. It's a white dress. Anyway. So... That's the background on Susan Devlin and why Elizabeth is very upset about her coming back to Sweet Valley. Not only that, but Jessica herself had a horrible experience in New York City when, uh, was it Peter was his name? Who is Suzanne's boyfriend at the time, uh, tries to force himself on Jessica. (laughs) Happens a lot. (laughs) So, um, I'm trying to think what she said about that. Um, it might come up later, actually, whenever we're because right now we're at Elizabeth's point of view and not Jessica's. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so that might come up in a little bit, but oh, wait, Pete attacked Jess was interrupted by Devlin's coming home. Yeah, you get a little okay. bit of yeah. information there. Um, so Stephen and Jessica and Elizabeth are like, okay, we need to talk to our parents, and Elizabeth and Stephen agree to speak calmly, but Jessica's like, I'm gonna tell them what I think. So. Family goes always, to dinner. Uh, always outspoken. Won't shut up. That's Jess. They go to a family dinner at Guido's. Or, uh, again, they're, it's, they're getting to sit in their favorite booth, though. <laughs> and also, by the way, the manager of Guido's just loves those twins. Um, and it is his, his name is also, or the owner's name is not Guido, by the way. No, it was the manager. Hold on. I wrote down his name. His name is. Frank DeLuna, manager of Guido's, loves the twins, is what I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, they confront their parents and the parents just say, hey, look, Suzanne called us ourselves, you know, personally. She said she wanted to see us all in person together and she wants to apologize for her bad behavior. And she's very intent on coming to Sweet Valley. We can't stop her. And the kids think this sounds kind of fishy. And they ask about Mr. Collins and Suzanne already wrote Mr. Collins and he supports her coming. Elizabeth thinks her parents are naive and mistaken, and she knows that Suzanne does not do anything unless there's something in it for her. So Jessica starts scheming, and her first plan is to preemptively call Suzanne and convince her that Sweet Valley is boring, and everyone is too busy with their Christmas activities to spend any time with her or entertain her, and convinces Liz to do it. So Liz calls Suzanne. Suzanne figures out what's going on immediately. And they get off the phone, and Jessica's like, well, we're just going to have to torment her in person. <laughs> she's coming out here. She's she, going to get it. She's got plans. Throughout this book, she has plan after plan. Well, let's talk about her first plan. Um, it's it's to become Miss Christmas time, right? Right, yeah. So the next day, the Wakefields are in there. I'm guessing it's a Nancy Myers-esque dream kitchen. Yeah. Uh, talking, and Jessica appears, and she is dressed as an elf. She's got like green paint all over her face and like a green trash bag. Well, like okay, a- so I, I here's my first question: Elves do not have green faces. I mean, maybe she got confused with Goblin. The, maybe or the Grinch. She thought she was supposed to be. I I don't know. But Is elves this supposed do- to be cute, wearing green face paint and, and a trash bag. <laughs> I guess, but. It, 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 she had a because remember she's in a sorority in high school. And a sorority sister called and was like, hey, I'm sick. Can you take my shift at the mall helping the mall Santa hand out presents dressed as an elf? And Mm. Jessica doesn't want to make the sorority look bad, so she takes it on. So when she goes to the mall, she was told by Kara that there would be a replacement elf coming in at some point. And it's getting closer and closer to the time that she has to be at the Miss Christmas Time um, pageant. And... She calls Kara as the time is approaching and getting closer. And Kara says, oh, guess what? Lila put me up to faking sick and asking you to cover my elf shift. And Jessica doesn't want to disappoint the kids. But really, she doesn't want to make her sorority look bad. So she stays. She doesn't care. And and Santa Santa guilted her a little bit. A little bit, yes. And um, at the end of the day, they're cleaning up. And she tells Santa about the situation and he says, you know what, Jess, I'm really sorry that this happened. You know what? You can ride on my float wearing your elf costume <laughs> because part of the thing with Miss Christmas time is they get to ride on the float in their beautiful gown and wave at everyone, I guess, at the Christmas parade. And she so. says, ride on Santa's float dressed like this. <laughs> and then she uh, says, it says she had an idea and she owed it all to Santa. What was the idea, Josh? Uh, it's it's not that great of an idea. <laughs> Basically, she's gonna like sneak into uh uh who is it? Not Lisa. Lila. 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 Lila Fowler's house and switch out the Miss Christmas time gown for the elf costume. Yes. Well, is she sneaking into the dressing room? I guess right okay. where Lila yeah. will change into her because Lila wins Miss Christmas time. And so Jessica's going to sneak into like the dressing room right before the parade and switch out Lila's dress for this elf costume. 
and Jessica herself will wear the dress and hop on the float. But because, Lila, because that's how it works. It, that's like how it if, works. If I go to uh, the next Miss America pageant mm-hmm. and uh, steal the gown and the sash from uh, <laughs> Miss Miss Venezuela, mm-hmm. and I can walk out there and they'll be like, oh, got the sash yeah. on, got the that's gown." There she is, Miss Venezuela. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, because Lila will have to do it, like Lila will have to wear the elf costume and the paint and ride on Santa's float because everyone in town will know what she did to Jessica if she does not do this. Which so, makes, again, zero sense. It will look like Jessica uh, kidnapped her, basically <laughs> tied her up. Put on her costume and took over the float. So there's no no logic to it. No, not at all. So after this bad day, Jess goes home and is greeted by Miss Wakefield, who's like, hey, guess what, Jessica? You and Elizabeth are going to double up, and Suzanne is taking your room while she stays here. And that's when the girls decide, mainly Jessica, I guess, she's going to do cruel things like short sheet the bed. Short sheet the bed. The worst... (laughs) The worst prank in all of history, a thing that only like Christian youth group kids uh, did. Could you explain what that is real quick? Do you really not know? Well, I know what it is. Tell the audience. So what short sheeting a bed is, is you fold up the very bottom of the bed. It would be all tucked in. So when they lay into bed, their little little tootsies uh, pop out on the bottom because the sheets are now short. Wait, what? (laughs) We're gonna have to show Blake like a wiki how yeah. to explain this to him. It's just it's, not just, a, good it's prank. a prank that like the, the, camp the, camp kids do. Like have you ever seen a camp movie? Like kids at camp. I've seen where they put the shaving cream in their mm-hmm. hand and then they put the cold water <laughs> cold hand in cold water. Warm water. Warm water. Warm water. Warm water. Yeah, those are two different Blake, you're you're thinking of two different things. One, they just pee themselves. I don't know why you would say <laughs> pee yourself. In oh blood. wait. You yeah. No, because it's a double it's a double whammy. They <laughs> they pee themselves and they slap themselves in the face with shaving cream. It's like dual it's the humiliation. worst prank. And at the same time they were short sheeted oh what if you short sheeted i would cut the sheet up to make it so small that they're like hey no actually that did i grow that would be a worse prank is to rip a sheet into shreds almost (laughs) and whenever you get whenever you get into bed your foot just pokes through like the the things you've cut in the sheet does that make sense so like these are these are baby shit in (laughs) their bed shit in their bed these are impractical joker type (laughs) level pranks yeah, well, that's a shit sheet. So, I want to explain a little bit more about this Secret Santa program that these kids are in, um, because this is something that only very privileged, rich children could participate in. I was going to say um, because they don't have jobs and they have tons of money, they can they can get this done. They can get it done. Yeah. So what it is is, even though they're out of school, they don't do this while they're in school. It's while they're out of school, because you reveal who your secret Santa is at this school party on Christmas Eve at midnight, I guess. What? And so from the time vacation starts until the time of the party, you as a secret Santa leave presents for your assigned person. What's the number of presents here? Just as many as you want. Is it one Uh, every day? One every day is one. Okay. But you can get more than one thing at once. 
You can. Like, you could probably give, like, a box of chocolates and a dozen roses, I guess. Like, you can do two gifts. But you to me, it's like, okay. You a bag of jelly beans one day. <laughs> so you'd have to have money to buy gifts every day. And you'd have to have a mode of trans- transportation to get to your person's house that you leave your present for. Because it's not at school. It's not like you can just leave it by their locker, you know, conveniently. What if what if there's one poor kid in the school, um, like in that Natalie Portman movie, Anywhere But Here, when she uh, her mom moves her into the poorest place so she can go to Beverly Hills High? What if one person somehow mm. got a, a P.O. box or whatever within uh, yeah. Sweet, Sweet Valley? And they're the one poor kid in school, and no one wants that kid to get their uh, their name because they're just getting a homemade card every day. Oh, that's <laughs> and, and it's a dead giveaway for your, your <laughs> Well, that is actually kind of the plot of uh, the first like season or two of Beverly Hills 90210 when Gabriel Gabriel Ga- Gab Gabrielle I can't think of her name. She's the uh, she has, like, editor. Red hair. Yes, and I've she was actually like show. she was actually like thirty five. <laughs> no, wait, her name on the show is Andrea. I was thinking of the actress's name, but her name on the show is Andrea or Andrea because they all make fun of her for the way she pronounces her name, and it's a very class thing um, because she gave her grandma's address to the school so she could go to Beverly Hills High because it's the best because she lives in a poor area of town. And Brandon finds this out. Anyway, it's a long story, but she's actually a poor kid who goes to Beverly Hills and is like the only poor kid in the school and was also played by like a 35 year old actress who was supposed to be 17. So that's a bit excessive or 16. Okay, she probably wasn't 35, but I think late 20s, early 30s. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, that's just a subplot on Beverly Hills 90210, buddy, right there. Anyway, so um, later on the night, the girls go to the Dairy Burger for an informal school gathering. Dairy Burger? Yeah. Um, It is there that Liz reveals to her friends that Suzanne is coming to town and the boys all offer to help uh, give Suzanne a rough time while they're there. The men's team, the men's swim team, team, sorry. Shows up to sing a song to Olivia Davidson at a secret Santa's request. And nothing but their trunks. (laughs) um also one of my favorite lines from the book is in this chapter it's when uh jess has been making out with hans and she's talking to liz later and she says he's so wonderful liz those foreigners really know how to kiss Uh, also i don't think i've talked about this yet but todd wilkins who is uh liz's boyfriend has moved he's no longer in sweet valley he is now a resident of Vermont. His dad got a new job and was transferred. And but so even even moving, he did not pick up the personality at any point. No, no, he did not. Uh, and he is coming back for two weeks, basically around the same time that Susie Devlin is going to be there. And we learned that Liz and Todd are free to actually date other people. Open um, relation. Yep. Mm. But have they yet? Let's find out. So. Suzanne arrives. She has lost a lot of weight. I mean, she's still outstandingly beautiful. We have but... not. We have not described that everyone in their the second they see her, eyes bulge out, tongue falls out, rolls across <laughs> the floor like a red carpet. Every yes. everyone in here, women, men, uh, uh, just parents, <laughs> teachers, mm-hmm. like everyone, just goes insane when they see her. 
I imagine her looking like a young Liz Taylor because they talk about her violet eyes, right? Like yeah, yeah. her black hair, her violet eyes, her pale skin. She's like a, a Elizabeth Taylor type. But anyway, whenever she comes, she looks very thin. To, to modernize that for the kids, it would be like a, uh, uh, what's a girl Jake Paul? I don't, I don't know any influencers. <laughs> what, what, um, it, it's, Zoe Deschanel? Would that be something the kids no, would know? That's no, too, the, that's too kids, millennial. Well, they'd be kids, like, that's, the kids are watching New Girl? Yeah, because their mom is making them. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, no, I, I guess I don't know any I don't. Yeah. Everyone I can think of is blonde. Like, yeah, they're all blonde. Young actresses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, she has lost a lot of weight. Her hair is less lustrous. Her skin is pale, almost translucent. Um, and she's less vivacious and she's much quieter than before. And the twins give her like a very strange reception. And Elizabeth immediately feels guilty. But Jess is like, oh, my God, we're the terrible trio guys, me and you and Stephen, we're just going to be really mean to Susie. And Stephen's like, you know what? I don't think we should gang up on her anymore. Probably because he thinks she's hot, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah, because he wasn't here last time she was there. He was at Sweet Valley University. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so They don't have ha- high school girls like that or like this over there at <laughs> nope, university. Yeah. Uh, so um, later on the day, Todd calls Liz and... That's when Liz tells him, oh, hey, uh, Susie Devlin, well, she's back in Sweet Valley. And that's when Todd has a flashback to a time where he <laughs> went to a ski lodge in Killington with his ski buddy, Jerry. Who said, um, maybe you'll meet some gorgeous ski bunny at the ski lodge lounge. Maybe. But guess what? His buddy has no game. I believe right. he says that even um he as they're in the lodge he sees a hot girl and he's like i'm gonna go i mean her back is turned towards them but he's like i can still tell she's hot bro so they <laughs> approach her <laughs> and see that back. the girl turns around and it's suzanne ah. so um jerry invites her to get dinner with them and suzanne agrees they have a good time at dinner the three of them and after dinner suzanne asks todd if he'll meet her the next day for a walk and on the walk she uses she's that really opportunity. Insistent, by the way. Yeah. Like yeah. She... Won't take won't take no for an answer. She uses this opportunity on the walk to apologize for her behavior in Sweet Valley that spring break during the daughter exchange. <laughs> and that's when Todd finds himself noticing a number of things about her he'd previously missed. The dazzling effect of her smile, the way her eyes deep into purple in the sun. I like this girl, he found himself thinking. I really like her. So, um, that's that's his memory of his trip with Susie, and he decides he's not going to tell Liz. What he's going to do is he's going to get alone time with Susie and ask her not to tell Elizabeth about their encounter because he doesn't want her to think that anything happened. So, and then another one of my favorite scenes is um, when the girls are in bed together and they're having bedtime chatter. By girls, I mean the sisters. Okay, <laughs> no funny stuff. Um yeah. And that's when Jessica, they're gossiping, which is like my favorite thing to do. And uh, Jessica tells Elizabeth that Lila Fowler is at a spa toning her thighs for 300 bucks a day. (laughs) She says that she's at some place called La Venue, where all the stars go when they've eaten too much over Thanksgiving and need to lose a quick five pounds. So Lila is prepping her bod for... Her Miss Christmas time a, float. A spa with a thigh master? Is that I, one? <laughs> I really don't know, but it's three hundred dollars a day, Blake. So um 
but the girls keep talking about Suzanne being thin and wonder what's causing it. And I almost think, because they keep thinking, like, how does she do it? So it's like, right. she's sickly thin, but they want to know how, she's you know, sick. how she got so thin. A wasting disease. <laughs> so the next day in the kitchen, Liz spots Suzanne at the sink and sees her maybe swallowing something and hiding a bottle of pills <laughs> surreptitiously. Um, and Suzanne tries to apologize for her past behavior. She's interrupted by Jess, who comes into the kitchen and announces that the shirt that she's going to wear to the Christmas party is suddenly missing. Um, and basically is accusing Suzanne of taking it based on her past behavior. Of stealing and lying. And lying, yeah. But really, she just hid it in the back of her closet. And looking hot. All of the... All, <laughs> all, all, of, the, the all of her three sins, yeah. Yeah. Um, Suzanne tries to apologize for Pete's behavior to Jess when Jess was in New York. Jess gets a secret Santa delivery. It's a bouquet of daisies. Um, so when she's talking alone with Liz, um, Jess says that Suzanne is a pill popper, claims that she has a medicine chest in her bag, and calls Suzanne a hysterical, devious drug addict. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steven, uh, in the kitchen talking to Suzanne, invites Suzanne to the Christmas dance. My question also is, why is a college kid going to the high school Christmas dance? He's one of the <laughs> he's one of those, one of those guys. guys. That, no, he's one of those guys that's like, I hope you chaperone, uh, Mister Whatever, and then just so he can hang out with. Uh, yeah, it was like the guys, the guys who would uh, the year after they had um, aged out of church camp would come back <laughs> as a counselor the next year. Sure, yeah, because they can't go back that year and are just just helping out but just doing all the same stuff and hanging out with the same people and basically matthew mcconaughey in it you know it's like people who go and and, and work at their own high school after <laughs> after graduating you know oscar wow did that in the book the brief wondrous life of oscar wow wasn't he like a very sad and tragic yes character? he was blake okay <laughs> so they're not all pervos is what i'm trying to say he was a little bit pervo continue sorry okay Anyway, so um, uh, Stephen invites Suzanne to the Christmas dance. Um, Suzanne starts is excited and starts asking all kinds of questions, and Jess screams at her, which really throws her off balance. Doorbell rings. It's Todd. Everyone's really excited. They're hugging and kissing. Suzanne has been arranging that bouquet of daisies into a vase, and she walks into the room, sees Todd, starts trembling, and drops the vase, holding Jessica's daisies, and then runs out of the hallway. So... Um, while everyone's cleaning up the mess. Seems like a clean conscience to me. (laughs) Yeah, right? So while everyone's cleaning up the mess, Todd talks to Suzanne alone. Liz goes upstairs to change her clothes because she's all wet after helping clean up the daisies. And that's when he asks Suzanne not to tell Liz about their run-in at the ski lodge. And Jessica overhears this partial conversation. Because she followed them with a glass and held it to the door. (laughs) I just (laughs) happened over here. What's going on? Um, she, she and, checked the uh, the uh, wireless device that she had recording in her room. <laughs> um, so she has become convinced that Suzanne really came to Sweet Valley because she's in love with Todd, and Todd loves her too. Jess then calls an emergency meeting on the beach with Winston and their friend Aaron. She also wants to get a little tan for the Miss Christmas time scheme. So trying to golden up those thighs. Yeah. 
Got to be a tan <laughs> Miss Christmas. So she tells. <laughs> yeah, because so much of your skin is Miss Christmas will probably be exposed. Oh, never mind. It's hot out. Never mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Got to get that California. Christmas tan. It's California. So um, she tells the boys that Suzanne is unbearable. And of course, she's embellishing. She admits it to herself. Um, she tells them that Suzanne's on drugs. She looks terrible and has lost a lot of weight. She's rude. Talks about Sweet Valley like it's a hick town. And worst of all, said the guys of Sweet Valley were horrible. She said you were really crass and that none of you knew anything about making a girl happy. Jess is just shaking her head. <laughs> I don't know what this means. <laughs> that, that, I was that, thinking Josh might have honestly, something to contribute. Well, that is where you cross the line. You can you can you can be a drug addict. You can uh you can talk about Sweet Valley like it's quote one big barn. But you cannot, <laughs> you cannot talk about me and the boys like that. You can't say that we can't make a woman happy. I mean, we can't because we've all tried with Jessica in this book and or not in this book, but in this series. Mm-hmm. And none of them have pleased her. Not a one. Uh, Jessica. Maybe if she gave Egbert a chance. I always thought that Egbert was like the school geek, like. Like the sweet, like sorry, like to say by the bell type with like who actually wore like the pocket protector suspenders and suspenders and thick glasses, but apparently he's the class clown, so he was more of a yeah. screech, right? Uh, a screech, screechy kind of a class clown. I guess he's not. Screech is just an idiot. He's just a dork. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think he's one of those class clowns that everyone laughs at. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Who thinks he thinks he's amusing everyone in the class? But not – he's just acting dumb yeah. and they're all secretly like, look at this idiot. He, he thinks they're all his bullies are his friends. <laughs> there, there was a there was a, a kid named uh, Nathan in my seventh grade class at Christian Schools of Springfield. And he used to like proudly uh, show us like, I'm getting a 7% in geography. <laughs> oh, no. God. And we were all laughing. <laughs> 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 that that but, joker. Yeah, but it was tons of stuff like that that he like, <laughs> oh, look, boy. look how stupid I am, everyone. Hey, dare me to eat this trash? Uh, that's sad. Yeah. We all had kids who would eat trash, right? Yeah. yeah of course. Anything anything for a laugh. After, yeah. after you guys like this, right? We do we look, do not gonna, respect you. Gonna eat my chocolate milk carton at lunch and see what it yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, Jessica's latest scheme is that the boys are going to become Suzanne's secret Santa. But instead of nice gifts, they're going to give her rotten gifts. Like what? I don't know, like ransom type letters that say, Susie (laughs) Devlin, go home. From your secret Santa. That's literally one of the gifts. (laughs) That's That's just a threat. I mean, um, that that could have been our cold open. As Susie Devil and go home from your secret Santa. That should have been actually what we did. Um, so, I guess I skipped ahead there. But Suzanne does get her first secret Santa gift, and it is a letter like that. Um, so Liz has her concerns that Todd doesn't want to be around her anymore. Want to be with her. He's been avoiding her. He went to Ken's. He went to Egbert's. They go to a beach disco with everyone. Um, he yeah, but he, is, anywhere? he is a screech if if Todd's hanging out with with Egbert. Yeah, because, screech, because Todd is like a Zach, right? Yeah. Well, no, no. Who's the mansion kid? Is the Zach? Oh, Bruce Patman. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess Todd would be the Slater. 
No, he, well, he, there's more than six kids at this school, so. Wait, there's more than six kids at, 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 um. At Bayside, yeah. Bayside, but, oh my god, I kept thinking Baymont, like the hotel, and I was like, that's not right, oh my god. My brain, sorry. Yeah, but there's, there's six eligible people on Saved by the Bell. Here, there's okay. much, many more eligible bachelors. That's true, yeah. There's at least four that I can think of, and, maybe. And new exchange students are always coming in out. That's true. <laughs> and college boys show up sometimes. Yeah. And bad neighborhood boys. Um, so, but Liz is just concerned. He wants to do everything but be alone with her. In fact, they went to a party that lasted until 2 a.m. The droids played, though, and they wrote a song for Todd and Liz called I'll Wait for You, just for Todd and Liz. You know. That's kind of weird. Yeah, whatever. I love to see the droids back. <laughs> I love uh, to I love to write a song and dedicate it to just two other people that are dating it. <laughs> they wrote a whole song for this couple. It's insane. Um They're doing it long distance. Yeah. Is it too late for Disney to sue the droids? To sue sue uh, yeah. Francine Pascal? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how how the copyright and the law works. For all that, I know, but. they own the company that published this crap now. Yeah, they probably do. So, the Star Wars people are going to be like folded into the Sweet Valley universe. <laughs> oh, that'd be really good. Like Jessica takes care of Baby Yoda. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth An- dates Anakin. Iron Man cuts Egbert's head off with a lightsaber. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, Susie gets her first Secret Santa present. We already talked about it. Um, she talks to Liz, and Suzanne admits that she was jealous of Liz. It's kind of the poor little rich girl trope. You know, Liz has this perfect home with perfect parents and a family that cares about her. They're not just traveling all over the world because her dad's a diplomat. So when Jess comes home, uh, Suzanne is napping, and Liz starts theorizing that, you know what? I think that Suzanne is actually really sick. And that's when Jess is like, chill out, Florence Nightingale. Um, but, uh, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> I printed these out on really tiny print. Yeah, this font on her notes is insanely small. I don't know why she did. I guess it would be 85 pages. You did too many notes. I was trying to save paper. Good grief. Anyway. So earlier that day, Suzanne had decided that she was going to start apologizing to students she had offended, and one of them is Aaron Dallas, and he called back. Um, she was going to invite him to lunch, and he wasn't home. And Jessica so he calls back says, later. what is she going to do, poison him? When she <laughs> yeah. finds out she wants to hang out. Well, she's just annoyed because she thinks that Suzanne is just very deceitful, and no one can see it but her. Right, right. So, yeah. So she calls Aaron back, and she tells Aaron... That Suzanne only called because she wants to seduce him. And they have to do something before Patty, his super jealous and, girlfriend, <laughs> finds uh, out. Okay. I was going to say, not not a terrible sell. <laughs> She's trying to seduce you. <laughs> I love, they use the term seduce so much. And they're like, yeah. what, 16? Well, it's really weird. Yeah, I don't think they can use stronger words in, in these books. And that's why. I guess. So, um, Jessica's latest scheme is that... Aaron tells Suzanne that he's too busy to meet her for lunch anytime this week, but he should invite her to a pre-party on Friday. And then, and Friday, by the way, is the night of the dance. And then on Friday, call like maybe 20 minutes before he's supposed to pick her up and say, hey, I have a flat tire. Can you just meet me at the actual party? 
and then give her a phony address to an abandoned, maybe haunted, house on Forest Lane to make Suzanne feel like a jerk. Mm. Another perfect plan from a person who just tried to talk someone out of going to meet someone by saying, uh, she wants to give you mind-blowing sex, bro. <laughs> you do not want to walk into this. It's a trap. Um, and then Aaron actually has a little bit of a conscience, and he's like, mm, you know what? That neighborhood is pretty deserted. Like, what if something happens to Suzanne when I give her this fake address? And that's when Jessica says, don't worry. The only bad thing that's going to happen to Suzanne is that she's going to get a little of her own back. She's going to realize she can't just stomp back in here and do whatever she pleases. And that's when Aaron retorts, here, here, Jessica, you should go into politics. You're really good at getting people on your side. You know that? Jessica's trying to get a girl killed. Mm -hmm. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. Jessica is... I'm trying to think of what her political position would be in the Trump administration, because that's totally who she would work for. She'd be Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, totally Kellyanne. <laughs> or uh, Stephen Miller, honestly. <laughs> or the, the, young, no, the younger Jessica, version of Kellyanne. Jessica likes um, immigrants. I mean, she's in love with a... She likes European immigrants. Oh, yeah, right. the so right Miller. kind. Yeah. yeah. So... So Aaron does just what Jessica suggests, and Suzanne is very excited because she believes it's an actual genuine invitation. The first, like, warm, friendly thing someone in Sweet Valley has done since she had been there. And she had even decided to herself that if Aaron had actually declined her invitation for lunch, that she would have just gone back home. She would have called her parents to meet them at their Christmas vacation in St. Moritz. So, you know what? Jessica should have just not intervened and should have just told him to (laughs) decline, because then... Susie would have been gone, right? Yes. Anyway, so Todd is acting cold to Suzanne, and she had thought that he'd be an ally. And she's just, you know what, really miserable. No one's being nice to her. She's taking all these drugs for her sickness, and she's getting chills and dizzy spells and has blurred vision, but she's not going to tell anyone that she's sick because she doesn't want pity. And we don't know what she's sick from. I was going to say, they... they they tell you? No, they don't. Um, and even Liz starts to notice that Todd is acting strangely around Suzanne and she confronts him on a walk. But he manages to turn it around on Liz and says, you're just overly sensitive, Liz. You're the one who's acting weird, if you ask me. You keep staring at me all the time with a critical look on your face. And he never really answers her question. Thanks a lot, Todd. Typical well, man. One thing that's interesting about this book, or not interesting, I guess, is since it's shows all four of their perspectives mm-hmm. it kills every mystery that there mm-hmm. could be <laughs> mm-hmm. like there's there's no there's no tension really because they keep telling you for the most part it's just how is this person going to react to this thing that we know is going to happen to them yeah we know that Susie's sick we know that todd has a crush on Susie. we know that you know Elizabeth is concerned about Todd's behavior, and we know that Jessica is scheming all these things. So if there really is no mystery. Twins, if we saw it from the twins' uh, perspective only and not the other two, then mm-hmm. there's there's some kind of uh, narrative tension. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're, you're wondering, what it, it, is Susie uh, a, a druggy pill popper? Well, I mean, you know something's up from the beginning before you even get Susie's point of view because the parents are acting really weird about her coming. Yeah. So, anyway. 
But yeah, if they had just left it between uh, alternating between Liz and Jessica, maybe even Lila, like, you know, You're right. it would have been fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's absolutely nothing. There's no tension. There's no mystery. There's no surprise in this book. So um, the next day, the girls are running errands. Suzanne asks them to stop by the post office. She has a package coming from New York, and she's very secretive about the contents. We later learn that it's a new medication that her doctor is experimenting with. Um, experimenting <laughs> well she keeps giving her all these different Doesn't pills like she's so got a medicine chest of pills that she brought with her so does it say what they are or is it just kind of vague it's vague they never tell you what they are you want, um, you want the, the writer of sweet valley high super christmas <laughs> to be i want to know yeah actual medications is it is it uppers downers just pillsies it's pills, buddy. Benzos. <laughs> no uh, benzos. Uh, co- codeine. <laughs> uh, just, any other form of opioid. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just uh, drinking a, a cup of cough syrup the size of Little Wayne's. That, <laughs> that is the uh, medication. Uh, so um, back at home, Suzanne gets another secret Santa gift. This time it's just an empty box. Like what? These aren't even rotten gifts. Come on. Whatever. Um, that's when Liz asks Jess to lighten up on Suzanne because she thinks something is very wrong with her, but Jessica is convinced that it's all an act. Later on, Liz meets Enid at the mall and she confesses that the spark between her and Todd is gone and their relationship is over. Um, back at home, Jess is using the time to wrap presents. The phone rings and she gets to it at the same time as Suzanne and it's Todd and she just kind of hangs in there and doesn't say anything and listens in. Remember those classic days when you could pick up the uh, second, the second line, line and listen in? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, those are good days. You had to be very quiet, though. You had yeah. To, like, you can hear if someone's on there. Oh, you, you there's background noise. Hear you the know. Breathing. Like my sister would yell at me all the time, like, Jessica, get the fuck off the phone. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she listens to their conversation and it solidifies her conclusion that Suzanne is there to see Todd and is certain that they had a tryst. Mm. Um, so it's a family tradition that the Wakefields decorate their Christmas tree before going to see Messiah at the Civic Center. <laughs> Jessica has gotten a new Secret Santa gift, and it's a menu to Second Season, which is a new gourmet restaurant. She is totally certain that her Secret Santa is Hans, because Hans is classy. So only he would get her this gift. So the family is decorating the Christmas tree, and Suzanne is helping. I believe she says she's never decorated a Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Suzanne then passes out because she has a dizzy spell. The family decides to skip Messiah because they don't want to leave Suzanne alone. And then that's when dad admits to the family that Suzanne has issues with muscle control that is aggravated by stress. But Jessica still thinks she's faking symptoms and using her illness to manipulate people. Is, is this seizures? What is this? Like everything will be Epilepsy. revealed okay. okay i thought this was the reveal never mind not yet is it is it a babysitter's club is it diabetes no okay Stop no it's, it's like it is the dumbest thing it's ever not the beatus okay. like i will tell you it is the it's dumbest dumb. i can't wait diabetes is not dumb that's not what i'm saying but what is revealed is the dumbest um, thing ever um dumber than addicted to caffeine pills okay second dumbest that was pretty dumb yeah okay you're right so um, the night of the Patman's party arrives, and Suzanne looks more beautiful than she ever has in her entire life. And she has decided that she's going to start taking these new pills that she just received. 
even though her doctor didn't send along any kind of instructions or precautions, and she so tries to experiment. One, just one giant, like, horse-sized uh, pill that she's supposed to swallow. It's an experimental cure. <laughs> we don't know what it will do. Just take it. Um, she tries to call him, calls the office, calls him at home, gets no response, and she's like, fuck it, I'm gonna take it. Then, um, the, the kids are celebrating with a bottle of champagne before they go to this party. The parents just left it for them, so, okay. And Suzanne decides to go ahead and have a glass to help settle her nerves before she is going to meet Aaron, before he comes to pick her up. Um, and she decides to do this because... All her other pills that she's taken, her doctor always said, oh, you can have one glass of wine. Number one, <laughs> she's under age. <laughs> like, why is her doctor like, yeah, just go ahead and have a drink? Yeah, you can have a couple drinks year old. <laughs> here, are the different, uh, here are the different drugs you can take with this. Don't take <laughs> cocaine, probably, but you could, you could probably take LSD. Yeah, um, shrooms are fine. Yeah. Shrooms are always fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the earth, so- it's fine. Yeah, so is to smoke some grass, eat some shrooms, you're oh, good. Yeah. So um, Aaron does call, keeping with Jessica's plan, and asks Suzanne to just meet him at the pre-party because he has a flat tire and he gives her the address. And even though she's not a strong driver, and even though she just had a glass of champagne with some pills and she doesn't know what will happen, uh, she agrees. She hops yeah, he, in the... He were- he guilt her. He... <laughs> and uh, she hops into the twins. Uh, didn't they have a Jeep in the first book, Josh? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, now they have like a Fiat. I don't even know it's if I'm Fiat. saying that right. Is it? It's am I right. saying that? Okay. Yeah. So Jess just willingly is like, yeah, sure. No questions asked. Take the Fiat. Um, and Liz is a little bit concerned, number one, because Jess is so ready to just let them borrow the car. But also right, yeah. because... Why would Aaron, who has a girlfriend, be inviting Susie to a pre-party without... Right. Yeah, it's weird. So At his brother um, Eddie's house. Yeah. <laughs> so Suzanne goes ahead and leaves. Um, the Wakefields come back from boozing... The Wakefield parents, sorry. Come back from boozing at a neighbor's house. Uh, the phone rings. And it's Suzanne's doctor. Mr. Wakefield takes the call from Jessica. And informs the family that her new prescription has bad interactions with alcohol and everyone freaks out because Suzanne had a glass of champagne and that's when Jess confesses her scheme. Um, We go back to Susie. Susie is having problems seeing. Her vision is blurring. She's driving, trying to find this address and she falls asleep at the wheel. The car goes off the road, rolls onto its side and then we cut to the perspective of two cops who are just sitting there. Right there. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> they're just watching this car and they say uh 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 somebody had a little too much uh Chris, pre-christmas celebration <laughs> so watching this car erratically like let's get off the road like just going all over the road wow. and then skid off and they're just chilling it's like the cops in springfield simpson springfield anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the family plus todd minus mrs wakefield who is going to stay in case someone calls or whatever they all hop into the car and liz is worried about todd's reaction because he is acting very weird she says that he looks frightened as though the girl he loved was in terrible danger 
as the same look he had after he and Liz got in a motorcycle accident. <laughs> got in a motorcycle accident. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that a reference to something? I, that, I guess it's a reference, reference to, to an earlier motorcycle. book, right? Yeah, an earlier mm-hmm. book, right, where there was a motorcycle accident. So, and, and it, it, it was they got run off the road by drunk drivers. Yes. Like yes. because everything has to be the most dramatic in these books. <laughs> <laughs> and so as they're driving to find Susie, that's when Mr. Wakefield reveals that Suzanne was diagnosed with MS. And that's when oh. Jess is like, I feel kind of guilty about my shenanigans. She had like a sixth sense flashback where she thought like she was remembering everything that uh, had happened. The short cheating, the hiding of the shirt. (laughs) It's like the taking of the pills. (laughs) So um, the Mr. Wakefield stops at a gas station. I guess he's making some calls on a payphone. I have no idea what he's doing, but he learns that Suzanne is in the emergency room and she's in bad shape. And Todd has an epiphany as they're driving towards the hospital that he's in love with Suzanne. He blames himself for the accident because if he had been honest with Liz the whole time, he could be with the girl he truly loves and she would never be in this mess. At the emergency room, Mrs. Wakefield is already there because the police called her. Jess asks if Susie will pull through and Todd goes, why would you care unless I've missed something, Jess? It seems to me that Suzanne's accident is all your fault. And that's when Elizabeth is horrified. Like, Elizabeth, your sister's a freaking monster. Like, why are you surprised when someone calls her out on her bullshit? Happens over and over every book. Yeah. So that's when Jess accuses Todd of luring Suzanne back to Sweet Valley because of the Killington incident. Todd decides to tell Liz the whole story. Jess then admits it's the reason she wanted to get back back at Suzanne. Meanwhile, the parents are calling you know, Suzanne's parents and the doctor, and they are all going to fly to Sweet Valley. The doctor at the Sweet Valley Hospital comes out, and he says, uh, Suzanne's fine. She just has mild cuts and a concussion. I thought she was in bad shape, but just mild cuts and a concussion from the crash. So um, the Wakefields head back home with Todd, and that's when Jess says, you know what? I want to go to the Christmas party because I have to know who my secret Santa is. Like, I know... This is this is great. Like, <laughs> like they're, they're leaving from the the girl she just put in the hospital with her terrible mm-hmm. pranks, and she's yes. like, "We have to go to the party." <laughs> Look, I've got to know that it's Hans, and I got to make out with him. Uh, and then Stephen even says, "You know what? That's a good idea. We should go to this party because you know what? We need to spread the word about what happened to Susie and how rotten we feel about treating her the way we did." Steven, you you clever, clever bastard. <laughs> I, I, the college student, have figured out a way that we can all go to this high school party together. <laughs> we need to go, guys. Uh, so uh, I just want to know why everyone forgives Jessica. Like, why are her parents like not like, you're grounded. Like, what, you what? just tried to kill a girl. What punishment has... has and she does this every book, ever... right? Yeah, this is not her first attempted body, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, no, no, I think the only other punishment I can remember is in the first book. She's not supposed to be driving the Jeep because she got into an accident when she ran a stop sign. She gets thrown into a pool. So, that's oh, her OK, punishment. that's her comeuppance, yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, but her parents did say only Elizabeth could drive the Jeep because Jessica is a very careless driver. But even then, Jessica would just steal the keys and drive anyway. So it didn't matter. Like the punishment never sticks. So at the party, Todd and Liz break up. It's the smoothest breakup ever, and as they're breaking up, their song starts to play, and they decide to dance. 
one last time. Mm-hmm. At midnight, the secret Santas are revealed, and Jessica's secret Santa is Winston Egbert. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, Lila had Hans, and or Hans got Lila. No, Lila had Hans. What? Well, yeah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. How does this work? Because. You sh- you know you get someone and someone gets you so why are yeah. you? Uh... I think Hans got Lila is how I should have written. Yeah, it. like that yeah. was. Although I it could have written it written in either way. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, um, Jessica then asked Mister Collins to make an announcement about Suzanne because there's a teacher at this off campus party at a mansion at midnight. Whatever. At midnight, yeah. <laughs> and midnight Pacific cr- times. That's. That's 3 a.m. out in uh, in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Suzanne wouldn't have been able to make it through this party. She'd be too exhausted. Um, Suz- uh, Jessica convinces Mr. Collins to convince everyone to encourage to help out Suzanne and be her secret Santa. So, Even though the parents explicitly told them, don't tell anyone anything about Suzanne. We don't want them like traipsing through her room annoying her. Yeah, like distracting her from healing, yeah. I guess, and aggravating and making her nervous, etc. So Jessica's scheme against Lila worked. Somehow it worked. Jessica rode on the first float in her gown, wearing the Miss Christmas Time crown, while Lila had to dress as an elf and ride with Santa. Had to, had to. <laughs> had to do it. After the parade, they go to visit Suzanne at the hospital, and the room is just full of cards and gifts. And even a mini Christmas tree. Who gave her that? Who gave her that? Must be the town. Town being her secret Santa. Um, I thought it was the swim Liz, team. They come in in a minute. No, I know, but I I, I thought it was some it was some stupid uh, someone that gave her the oh, tree. Maybe. So uh, Liz and Jess apologize to Suzanne. The doctors come in, and the Wakefields are there, and the Devlins are there. And the doctors have the test results, and they are like, hey, it turns out, uh, Susie, you don't have MS, but uh, instead you had an uh, undetected virus, and you were suffering complications from mono. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that something that happens? You mistake mono. <laughs> you mistake mono for MS? I, Blake. What? I've never had mono. I don't know. Once I thought I had mono for an entire year, but it turns out I was just really okay. bored. All right. I, I mean, had those to are say the kind it. of doctors. Those are the, those are the kind of the doc, Those are the kind of doctors you get in Vermont socialist healthcare system up there. <laughs> so, well, actually, she's from out. New York, so oh, she just skis right. in Vermont. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and at well, that in time, the socialist state of New York, under <laughs> the People's Republic of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, watch it, Blake. I mean, that's the best health care that your Park Avenue diplomat father can provide are doctors who mistake mono for MS. So, whatever. Christmas miracle, though, am I right? Um, at that exact truly, moment, truly. as it is revealed that Suzanne is actually suffering from mono, uh, the swim team comes into the room and they sing Silent Night. I, I, I could have guessed that. Yeah, that was. I knew that was gonna. Are they in their trunks? I'm guessing maybe that's how they know it's the swim team. Is the swim they team just walk around in their trunks? Are they all also time? a choir? I don't. 
I think they do say that they don't sing very well. Okay. You know. they, but they love to they love to harmonize they love, together. They just love to show love up and it. sing yeah. and swim. They love to show off they, right, exactly. To show off their swimming abs, you know, to all the ladies. And the book ends um with Jessica saying, Merry Christmas, Liz. But Elizabeth's heart was too full to answer. It certainly was, she thought happily. Everyone was together, safe and healthy and glad. Christmas had arrived at last. Now, Josh, I want to tell you something that might be a little heartbreaking before we move on to anything else. But as I was researching this book, I learned that Sweet Valley High, the uh, super editions, they're non-canonical. What we just read. Oh, no. It was a fantasy story at Earth 2. A what if. They are non-canonical in the Sweet Valley High universe. So they, was what the, we read. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Todd and Jessica still dating. Oh, sorry. Todd and Elizabeth still dating. Susie Devlin never came to Sweet Valley and apologized. She's did, still in New York in her Park Avenue apartment. So she did come the first time, though. That's not a, did come the first time. That's canonical because it's part of the normal uh, so it, series of books. It's it's like uh, see, I don't. I I wouldn't have read it if I'd known that. I wouldn't have read yeah. it. Well, you know what? I, found I never out today I never read those Marvel research. those Marvel uh, comics that yeah Marvel presents what if the whole if? married Mary Jane like I didn't I didn't read it didn't want to know yeah. I was I was saying earlier uh, when she told me they should have, they might as well have just had like some people die like have one of the twins die it, it doesn't matter they anyway. might have had Susie Devlin get murdered at the right? haunted house on Forest Lane like when her car flips and stuff it could have like she should have just died could have been fatal and Jessica should have actually learned a lesson and yeah. maybe had gone to jail yeah, and Jessica then it wouldn't matter gets because arrested. it's non canonical so. They could have gone balls out on this one, and it they ends, chose not to. Ends with Jessica in a chain gang. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was very disappointed when I read that. I was like, son of a bitch, I just wasted all this time reading a book that's not even canon. It's like watching Saved by the Bell, the college years. Not canon. It's untrue. It is canon. Do they, do they reference the college years in the new Saved by the Bell show? Uh, we only watched the first episode because it's the only well, one that Josh was for free. Josh would know. all. <clears throat> Um, no, they don't. Do they reference the season whenever... But they also don't reference Screech. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is he non-canonical so... now? Screech is now is non-canonical. It, is he so thoroughly canceled that... Yes. He can't... Okay. At least, Ouch. At least within the, that group, they all despise him. Because he wrote that mm-hmm. horrible tell-all behind the bell. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it was basically just like they were all banging each other. They I should think. have, yeah. like... They yeah. should have shit on Screech's character... As a, uh, like, to get back at Dustin Diamond. I mean, he kind of reveals that his character is terrible in the book as well. I mean, mostly in the book, he's bragging about how much sex he had as Screech. But, yeah. But they... Can I ask you a question, though? If you're going to be a Saved by the Bell groupie, would you really want your legacy to be that you effed Screech? Like, it, is that something that you no, want to tell your children? You thought you were going to get to Mario or uh, Mark Paul. And Screech is what you get. Your friends went off with the other two, and it's just you and Screech. I would rather Mr. Belding. Dennis, Uh, is it Hazard? Oh, gross. I am not lying. I'd rather Zach's smarmy dad than Oh, yeah, of course. I'd rather uh, Eric from the Max. (laughs) I'd rather Max from the Max. I'd rather Mr. Dewey from... uh, Ooh, Mr. Dewey. (laughs) 
This is how the new reboot show should have started. <laughs> all the old, all the old cast members are are gathered at Screech's funeral. <laughs> he he died Mr. of. Mr. Tuttle of, is there. He, oh, Mr. Tuttle. He died of chronic diarrhea. Just the most <laughs> embarrassing death. <laughs> yes. Then like then like Screech the casket tips over. Never stopped shitting. Yeah. His body falls out of the casket, rolls across the ground, <laughs> gets run over up. by a car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just the most degrading shit. I mean. And then his corpse shits his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, corpses do that. Corpses do be like that. I mean, they do. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Probably not once you anyway, get the that's uh, my... point where you've been embalmed and been put in the casket. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It happened so fast. Is, is Screech Jewish? They they do a very quick uh, no he's not qu- quick procedure. I really don't know anything about Screech other than he had a robot named Kevin and his mom loved Elvis and he got it wet constantly. Um, well, that that's my, well, that's my treatment. If uh, any executives over at Peacock, I mean, the Peacock, yeah, NBC, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that's how you, they should open season two, get Blake in your writers' room. Yes, you will. I have many more Screech funeral ideas. <laughs> it it could be uh, it could be a dream sequence episode where he just keeps dying in different ways, but then the next one opens uh, and it's part it is canon and Screech dies yeah, again. It has to be canon. Yeah. Um. So just to before we give our reviews, um, the average review on this out of six hundred and sixty one ratings on Goodreads is three point six. Um. Some sample reviews left by readers. A lot of people readers. don't know the difference between nostalgia and something being good, it sounds like. Um, one reviewer said, I remember the cover, but just not the story. Five stars. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another reader said, I enjoyed many Sweet Valley High books in my preteen years. Three stars. So It's uh, very vague. Can you really tell the difference between one Sweet Valley High cover and another? No, they're all like a circle with two twins in them. I mean, she I mean, is, she is holding a things. present on, yeah. on this one. Uh, it's yeah, Chris, they all have flavored. different type. And sometimes there are like non-Wakefield twins on the cover. Because I believe it starts switching around to like different characters. Like maybe Enid and Lila. Um, they're not getting the cover. They get the cover. No way. Boys get in there. Egbert sometimes cover. there are boys. There's a book called like the new Jessica, and I think she has black hair. Like, come on! Whoa, Whoa. I need are... to see the goth Jessica. That's I need, I, I need one on, with Egbert on the cover, with like a slingshot hanging out of his back pocket, <laughs> wearing one of those like whirly the bird beanie hats. hats with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the propeller hats. I don't know what those yeah. are called, yeah. but yeah. Um, so I believe that I gave this book th- three point. I probably rated it way too. High. I gave it three point five. Seems high. Uh, <laughs> you did. Yes, I saw that. I don't know why. If I had known it was non-canonical, I would have given it zero because that <laughs> pisses me off I, I, more I than would, anything. I would have deleted it because the book didn't happen. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess now that I know it's non-canonical after my research, guess what, guys? It ain't getting no hooves from me. Whoa. Wow. It's my first, first no hoof book. <laughs> That's... That I'll I'll cool. still give it to. I'll let it clomp around a little bit. <laughs> it's a bipedal horse. Just I mean, stands it just upright. sucks. I had to live the trauma of of Elizabeth and Todd breaking up. Like there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff here that I thought they were going to make it. Do yeah. they really live long distance? 
Yes, he really okay. does move okay. to Vermont. So that, I mean, there are parts of the book that are taken from the S- Sweet Valley High canon. Uh, but there are apparently the all the plot, <laughs> all the conniving, all the scheming, the secret Santas, I, making out with Hans. None of that happened. I think when she was devising how to write this book, she started with Todd's way out there. Who could he cheat with a little bit? And she was like, oh, in one of those books, there was this uh, lady named Suzanne, and she's in New York. New York and Vermont are kind of close. Kind of, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I I don't want to tell you what happens with Todd and Elizabeth's relationship in the future. I did look into that on the Sweet Valley Wiki. I'm guessing there's a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns. Definitely. But uh, I think that we should at some point read the Sweet Valley Confidential when they're adults um, to see what happens. Um, they're detectives. It's like Veronica Mars yeah. with their <laughs> PIs. Yeah. So that's my. Uh, that's it. That's the book, guys. That's it. We did it. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry. But Merry Christmas. Coming up next, Josh. Do you want to introduce our next book? Uh, some VC Andrews shit. I I don't know what it is. Josh is very excited about reading yeah. my sweet Audrina. Yeah, that's so. that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Can't, can't uh, wait. <laughs> it's only like four hundred pages. You'll be fine. Uh, oh God! That's that's hey. the other thing about those. These things are at least mercifully short. Like, like this wasn't bad. This is fun to read. But like some of the bad ones are like the the sorry. Uh, wait, who did I say was worse than R.L. Stein? Um, Strasser. No, that we did a horror book, right? Done a lot of horror. Is it the Monster Sitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, Samantha Slade. Yeah, yeah. It, but at least those things I can just like rip through in like two and a half hours. But V.C. Andrews, that's a. You liked Flowers in the Attic, though, right? Yeah, I, I liked one out of the four books, five books we read by her. Well, I think this one is a, a big favorite, just like. Um, okay, better be better than Flowers Rain in the Attic. or Pearl or Ruby or. Heaven. Uh <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other series, <laughs> but yeah, lot. I think this is also, if I remember correctly, oh, oh. this was the last book that she wrote before she died. Okay, so she did write this one. Yes, I don't think Niederman did. I think that's what, whenever I was researching it, is this was my sweet Audrina was actually her last book. Okay, um, before Niederman took over. So, yeah, that's coming up. We're gonna have a special guest, uh, Hannah Tennyson. Some of you listeners might know her and love her. Uh, you might know or, her name. I think on this podcast we're pretty divided. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I like uh, Hannah's all the way in South Korea where people can still do things like go eat out at restaurants and uh, hang out with people in their homes and not have to worry about, you know, getting a virus and dying. So going to be pretty interesting talking to her but we're still um, the best country in the world baby we're <laughs> number, number one. one yeah yeah well uh i guess before we wrap up does anyone have any recommendations that they want to talk about nope nothing from josh blake i feel like i should have something that i i, I saw that forgot. movie sound of metal the other day it's really good Ooh, i want to see that it's yeah. on amazon I, yeah I, it's, it's on, on prime. prime yeah yeah um 
I have two. Um, one is Kate M. Williams, not to be confused with Kate William, who was the ghostwriter for this book. Very different. Um, she is a friend of the pod, and I'm saying that because she follows us. But uh, yeah, she um, her second book in the Babysitter's Coven series just came out. It's called For Better or Cursed. It came out earlier this week. So I enjoyed the first one. It was really cute. So I have a feeling the second one will be good, too. Um, and I also want to recommend uh, a podcast that I've been... I've only listened to a couple episodes, but I really liked it. It's a Spotify original, so you have to have Spotify, but it is 60 songs that explain the 90s. Um, oh, it's a 90s thing. I'm shocked that you would like it. <laughs> Crazy, right? But uh, the episode that I really... music thing specifically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've only listened to two episodes. I listened to the one about You Ought to Know. And then I listened to uh, the one about um, Hey Jealousy, and it was a really sad episode, actually, because, I mean, I was like nine or ten when that album came out, and it was like my first alt-pop album. Like, I remember having the cassette, and uh, I remember my sister borrowing it and leaving it in the dashboard of the car, and it melted, and I cried because I loved that cassette so much. Um, But... It's a really sad episode, and uh, that song is, of course, very sad if you actually listen to it. Um, but listen to that podcast. It's really good. I enjoy it. So Listen to Evermore and Folklore, Taylor Swift. I really don't think she needs plugs. <laughs> yeah, people need to know. People need to know about Evermore. It's true. Okay. Buy, buy uh, her socks on her website. She's selling cardigans. She's selling, I need to go uh, see if there's still a vinyl available. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't buy that and let's bl- tell Blake it's a chance. Right. <laughs> Everyone, stay off the Taylor uh, Swift website so Blake can buy yeah. his copy yeah, of Evermore on vinyl. <laughs> Gosh. Um. So, anyway, I guess we can just wrap it up. Um. We'll see you in a few weeks, and we'll talk Coming about coming at you from sweet. Korea. <laughs> we're all gonna be in south korea right. yeah we're right. off. we're taking a big pod trip well yeah. i mean we do have tons of money on our patreon now so we oh, can yeah. afford a That's very extravagant vacation to south korea to record our next episode blake patreon.com i'm getting better at this josh shut good, up good I, I didn't say anything patreon.com slash ox audio Ox is A-U-X if you want to support us and join our Discord, which is popping off, and bonus content like songs that you can listen to and download and something exciting related to this podcast that I'm going to be putting up on Patreon soon. Wait, related to this podcast? Do I know about it? Is it our theme song? Because people demand it Um, all the time. Yeah, I know people like the theme song, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to release an EP of the songs from Are You There Pod. It's going to be the the full version of the theme song that no one's ever heard. Whoa. The full version. And in addition to that, all the Coldplay parodies I've done (laughs) in high-resolution MP3 files. And any rap tracks that you've done? And they're... And that Jessica collabed on some raps. Mm-hmm. That's actually her Christmas wrap is up right now. Uh, so you still have time to get access to that and some other cool stuff at the Patreon, Ox Audio. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So um, next time, my sweet Audrina, VC Andrews, uh, join us. Tell your friends. And 
until next time, see you later, horse girls.